Hello and welcome to another episode of the Solo Powered Podcast with me, Ariana Dunn. This is a podcast that celebrates doing things solo, whether that be solo travel, solo business, solo journey to parenthood, single by choice, solo adventures, or solo pursuits of passion. Remember, this is not about living a lonely life. This is about living the most full life on your terms. This week's uh, guest is the fabulous Nikki Halliday. Uh, Nikki was a coaching client of mine who I met um, several months ago now, um, and she is an absolutely fascinating lady with multiple strings to her bow, which is exactly the type of guest that I love to have on this podcast. Nikki is a chef, a DJ, a coach, an author, and a shamanic dance trance uh, guide, which I'm super interested in and really would like to uh, join one of her classes one evening because they look super interesting and exciting. Um, Nikki is, uh, as I say, she is a, a chef. Uh, she holds lots of takao ceremonies at various different uh, festivals uh, around Ireland and the UK and into Europe. Uh, she provides healthy vegan and vegetarian food options, amongst other things, uh, for people at festivals. Um, she's also, very interestingly, healed her cervix and became HPV negative through alternative healthy changes that she made, which she now shares with others through her online coaching program called Sacred Cervix. Um, so Nikki is absolutely fascinating and I'm so excited to have her here as a guest on Solo Pirate. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on, very excited. Yeah, it's brilliant to have you here to chat about, oh my goodness, where do we even start with all of that in terms of an, an, an intro? Maybe just take us back to kind of the world of of chefing and healthy eating and kind of cacao and how you kind of you know became a, a made a career for yourself in that area basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was working in AIB Bank for a very long time. Yeah. And I I realized that I wanted to help people, but I realized that I didn't want to help people with money I wanted to help people with their food because I had this like strong passion for food and cooking for my whole life um my dad inspired me for you know all this crazy food he'd bring back that no no other houses would have had in their house um so it was it was a nice inspiration for me and um yeah I started studying nutritional therapy when I was working in the bank and then a, a customer came into the bank and told me about this course that she did in California called a natural chef. And, you know, you just get that like lightning bulb feeling all over your body. It's like, whoa, this is like exactly what I need to do <laughs> for my next step. So I went over there for six months and did this amazing course um, in Bowman College, which which really set me up to be a personal chef for people who were ill. Um, and I, I worked in I worked as a head chef for a few years in the hop sack, which was great, really creative. And then I really got this like urge to just go on an adventure. So I ended up in Costa Rica doing um head chef in a healing retreat center called Farm of Life. And this is where like I really, really opened up to a new way of of healing and living and realizing that like, okay, nutrition really is a part of our, our health in, in a big way, but there's just so many other things that we can offer our, ourselves and our bodies to, to heal. And yeah, it just opened me up to realizing that our mind has, has so many, so many things that we can give our mind and our, our mindset to, to be on the healing journey. So many different things that we can open up to in, um, like unblocking our emotions, um, you know, even just like how we talk to ourselves. Um, and then the, the most special thing that I learned there was about cacao medicine. Mm. So cacao comes from the um, Central America and it is just a, such a beautiful heart opening medicine. People might know it as chocolate, um, but this is the original form of chocolate where it's just the, the the medicine it's a medicine of the heart in many places in Central America they've been using it pure organic cacao in ceremony and they often use it for a celebration of 
um, a someone getting pregnant or at weddings or um, birthdays and that it's a really it's a special a special treat for people there um, to really honor this medicine as being something that's very opening for us um, and I opened up to many different things with cacao including dance so every Tuesday we had a static dance which was um, held in the jungle in the in the kitchen in the jungle so beautiful being able to just dance in the kitchen outside just outside the kitchen could be raining it could be sunny and we just felt so free to just move our bodies and I'd never experienced dance like this before it was you know usually it would have been for me in a nightclub maybe with a few drinks and you know the packed you're in the packed nightclub and you're like you know don't have much space to dance Whereas this just felt so freeing, like learning how to how to move to actually help the body to to heal, to help the body to shift energy and like release different energies. And, you know, I found myself, you know, getting a lot of emotional um, releases while I was dancing mm -hmm. uh, with the help of the cacao as well. So, I mean, after this, I just is just is this like this is this is the missing piece of my of my work of my healing work you know I'm I'm seeing clients for nutritional therapy and I'm cooking for people that are ill but there's so much more and this holistic way of living is just so important for us we can't just choose one route it needs to be an, a lot of different routes to help mm -hmm. the body to come mm -hmm. back into balance and here I saw so many people healing it was unbelievable like you know I've been in nutritional therapy and for so long and you know I've seen improvements but this was just unbelievable people healing from Crohn's disease fibromyalgia um uh ulcerative colitis um psoriasis and like of course you can see the psoriasis just healing up on their body um yeah like can someone healed their tumor their tumor cancer tumors as well when they were there and I was just like, this is fascinating. Like I couldn't get over the amount that people were healing. So of course there was like yoga every morning and walking barefoot and um, the dancing meditation practices, going, visiting waterfalls, visiting the beach, um, really like community events and, you know, just a lot of music concerts and that. And like just a very much like getting away from, of the busy life and finding that center in ourselves mm. you know being able to be ourselves in a in an, in an authentic way um, and sometimes also more deeper plant medicine would have been used as well like peyote and ayahuasca mm. which also can contribute to a much more way of opening and seeing different perspectives on on different things yeah uh, which was well look super... I mean there's so much there that <laughs> you back I'm like whoa where do I backtrack because um like <laughs> Jesus you couldn't have gone further from AIB could you I mean <laughs> I um just very quickly one thing that I kind of was interested in what you said about your dad inspired you bringing back interesting food what did you mean by that why was your dad involved in food was he is he from a different country like what was or was he just interested in unusual food items <laughs> yeah I mean he just always had that passion and with food and I, I just I'd go to other people's houses and they'd be eating very normal things like potatoes and meat and and mm. boiled veg but my dad just got a little bit more adventurous and people would come over to my house and be like oh what's that and it's like oh that's a sweet potato now this is like years ago when sure. you know we, didn't, we actually didn't have those things in the shops yes um and like avocados for instance and a lot of people just didn't know what they were and I was like oh this is you know very interesting that like I it seemed for me that like the how my house was filled with this more exotic food that sure. other didn't have um but yeah. I also did home economics and I, I won a cookery competition so I think I think I felt like how did I win that I have no idea I'm obviously actually good at something because I wasn't very good in school um at the other uh, academic stuff so mm. it's like I'm actually good at something here <laughs> and what were you doing in AIB I was on foreign exchange for most of the time that I was there 
Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it's just I find it so interesting, and I think obviously you know this podcast has already inspired um a lot of people who've listened to the various different people who've kind of gone on that solo journey of working for themselves in various different ways so we've had lots of different people who come on and talk about that but the, it's so interesting to me like that that the the um, the story is often the same they worked in this job that they hated that they didn't like it was a corporate job or a boring job or a job that wasn't just suited for them and that they had some kind of creative outlet or something else that they kind of wanted to do or that they had a desire to help people which is the case with you it was certainly that was the case with me when I left my corporate job and started becoming a coach was to try and help people but looking at alternative and different ways and also sort of being bring bring bringing people on a journey or you know goal setting or healing or whatever it is I suppose it's that desire to try to make a difference which is um, amazing but but how wonderful that you identified it in your creativity when it came to food and that food was interesting to you but then you were able to apply that to helping sick people as I think you mentioned in the first instance um after having done that course that you did in LA so you said you were working in Hopstack is that right where where where, where what were you doing there the Hopstack um the health food store in Rat Mines okay so I I set up the deli the fresh food deli they 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 used to get salads in from somewhere else but right. um, the manager Finn he decided to we wanted to create his own food so right. he rented a kitchen and got me in to create the the new deli Okay. And I was there for nearly four years. So um right. it's a beautiful community hub. Um re- I think they still do really good food and you know, just going in there is actually a really nice experience. Yeah. And at that point you're you're basically you were creating food that you know was rich in various different things that had sort of healing energies or healing powers, I suppose. Is that what you're saying? That you're Yeah, exactly. Dishes? Yeah, and also just I know you said about the creativity thing as well. It's like there's something about the the creative force it's like when we decide to put our creative essence into what we do I, I don't know I feel like just something opens for us it's like you know it's like you, I don't know if you've ever read The Artist's Way mm, yes yeah well I think she says that you know once when you put your creative essence out there that like you know things can start happening for you and you'll start to see like synchronicities mm. Um, and for me, I, when I decided to go to California to do the the um, the cooking, my dad found someone he knew that lived five minutes from the college that actually gave me their apartment to live in for free mm. the whole time I was there. And I was like, this is the universe saying, like, this is what you are born to do. Like, go and be yes. creative. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you see that that happens again, you know, people have talked about that on the podcast. I mean, you know, um, I, I know when Heather was on from Flower Pop, she talked about how she became an accidental florist because she really like just enjoyed the creativity with that. And then she, her and her husband and her son moved to Inchicore. And then within two days of them moving to Inchicore, Elise became available for a, a place, which is now where she has her flower shop in Inchicore. So yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's just the one example, but the these things absolutely happen that 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 the universe kind of responds in 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 a way when you kind of put put it out to the universe that you are in the position of wanting to be creative and find your purpose the the universe definitely responds and and we're not talking woo woo here this is real real stuff that happens right it's just the way it works and I've seen that time and time and time again which is why I love coaching because with coaching the very first thing that person does when they come to me as a coaching client is I ask them what do they want and they say it out loud and then it's out there and it's in the universe and sometimes between that session and the next session they'll come and they go oh it's all happened <laughs> you know I've gotten my dream job where I want it and you're like yeah there you go that's that's the power of coaching <laughs> or whatever but yeah. it's just about putting yourself out there and saying it out loud and, and those action steps that will fall into place from there then you know um Absolutely. and okay so so fantastic so I'm then you go to Costa Rica and what fascinates me about all of this and this journey is I've just binge watched 
um living to 100 secrets of the blue zones on netflix have you have you watched it um, haven't i saw it i saw it there i must watch it all right yeah 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 it's fantastic so dan um butner um is the uh is the the, the guy who put the series together he is like a, a a scientist i guess who has been studying the blue zones for for a very long time and for anyone listening who doesn't know what a blue zone is a blue zone is essentially an area of the world where a large proportion of the inhabitants live to over 100 years of age. Um, and so um, there, there is, they are in Costa Rica, they're in Greece, they're in Okinawa, in Japan. Um, there is uh, a place where the Adventists are from in, um, in Missouri, I think it is, in America. Um, so there's only a few sort of hot spots of where these places, where, where these kind of blue zones are. Um, but in the research that he put together, you know, a lot of it, uh, there was a lot of similarities that were coming up time and time again, and a lot of it involved movement and joy and dancing and eating healthily and, you know, being conscious of what you put into your body and they talked about, you know, a large portion of people were eating purple potatoes. You know, you talked about sweet potatoes there um, and yams and pulses and different types of fruits and, you know, less on the like on the protein, even higher on the carbs in some places as well. But really, it was around their nutrition, their movement, their overall sort of happiness um that they that they were finding in 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 their lives essentially and that was allowing them to have this sort of natural longevity um and not no longer a need for much medical intervention essentially right so they were and there what they did talk about there was one case of a man in who lived in in america who was diagnosed with cancer with lung cancer and was told that he had three months to live and so he and his wife decided that for the last three months of his life, he would like to go back to his um, ancestral home in Greece, in a, in a, one of the islands in Greece, um, Ikara, I think it was called. And he ended up living until 100 and he's actually still alive now, right? So he was 65 when he got that lung cancer diagnosis, moved to spend the last three months of his life. And he ended up getting up to, on, on the documentary, he was 102, right? Um, and he just cured himself as you've said when you when you said that people were curing themselves of their tumors or psoriasis you know we obviously have to be careful we're not making any great claims here on this podcast but it 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 can happen right that people move location eat healthier change what they're doing every day and things can can yeah miracles can happen i think a lot of it is to do with stress you know I, I think a lot of those places um, that you mentioned they they don't have this like really no. fast paced lifestyle and they're also like they haven't been subjected to all of the processed foods and and that either yeah so they're they're living like away from pollution as well yeah and they're um they're choosing like the whole foods from the place that they're living as exactly. well exactly you know and i mean i don't know how maybe it's organic as well maybe there's less pesticides you know there's just less toxins in general in these places yeah and they're making sure that they they slow down and that they yeah have the joy there that they're not like in this stress the rat race that a 100%. lot of percent hundred percent and I'd recommend highly watching it because it's absolutely fascinating and there are many lessons that we can all take from it in terms of of that you know um but yeah stress obviously there a lot of them are eating they're growing their own vegetables they're you know getting they're they're getting down into the dirt they're they have a purpose as well that's another thing that kind of came up no matter what what place in the world it was very important that they had a purpose and a reason for getting up every day and and a talent or a creative outlet or something something like that that they were able to pour their energy into as well as a work that they enjoyed a lot of them didn't consider their work work you know it was just something that they that they did and they enjoyed so super super fascinating but that whole idea of how important it is to eat you know eat eat healthily and and eat from from to, to be able to to heal ourselves so um I suppose one thing I want us to talk about sacred service and how you did all of that in terms of your HPV but I've never drank cacao crazy I know but I would love to right but one thing I suppose is the word healing and the word medicine right now like I don't feel like I have anything necessary to be healed thankfully I'm very very lucky right I don't necessarily have much requirement for healing 
um, or sort of medicine in, in that sense. I mean, can it enlighten? I mean, you know, it's it's those words that are so associated with it that kind of make me put me off it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, what 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 other words could we associate with cacao? I suppose that might that or is it like a you know is it purely a healing medicine, which is what people always refer to it as? <laughs> well, like it is one of the highest antioxidant foods in the world, mm. right? So you're looking at physical healing there with like really lowering inflammation and helping cardiovascular um helping the blood flow helping it also helps a more oxygen go to the brain so you've got more co cognitive function like there's so many physical benefits to drinking cacao that you can actually call it a medicine just just for that yes but then other people would say that you know it, it does like have a more of an enlightenment in spiritually because they say people will say um, that they've connected to the spirit of cacao in whatever way they want, whether they might feel it, they might like, you know, close their eyes and see something coming to them. Um, but yeah, they like people will say that they've had some sort of message. So like sometimes I would receive like a feeling in my body where I get a message. I feel like it's a message that the cacao is sending me and then I have to interpret that that feeling or that sensation in the body like I might always get it right you know how do we know if it's right or not um like I've never had like say you know cacao coming in like whispering you know kind of like is in telling me things like I don't hear the voice of the spirit of cacao but I would often get feelings and sensations in my body that I feel like are the are is cacao sending me a message okay and I mean I suppose just for people listening who don't understand or you know who maybe um are skeptical I know cacao has been getting a little bit of sort of negative kind of um uh connotation I suppose you know there's there's a lot kind of like oh these people sort of sea swimming and drinking cacao and you know there's been sort of like this sort of surge but that being said I think it is super powerful and super interesting and and you know I I I don't want it to have that negative kind of connotation um so you know in terms of like the spirit of cacao what what is cacao what is the spirit I mean you know I know cacao is like chocolate one you, you know what but but who is this spirit of cacao meant to be well if you look at like so in in shamanism which yeah. I've done a little bit of study in because I do the shamanic trance dance um you know it's one of the oldest beliefs in the world yeah and they would have all believed back then that like everything had a spirit yeah. so you know we have a spirit our dog has a spirit yeah. our plants have a spirit yeah so you know every plant then has a spirit yeah so it depends on you know which plant that you're connecting to as to like what kind of spirit can can come through that plant if you get yeah. me yeah so like for me like the, the spirit of cacao is very soothing and very um like will will hold you through something so like it kind she she would kind of give you like a comforting comforting wrap around the heart mm. you know so like in in um scientific terms as well that like you know it would, it would help the serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin to go off in the brain mm. which are the similar feelings that you would get from falling in love yeah um anandamide as well is like known as the bliss the bliss chemical so um it can give us a state of euphoria but then and then that heart opening effect. So, you know, sometimes that can actually release something, something, some, some and, and like a negative emotion, shall mm. we call it like grief, you know, and, and then we realize that we haven't released some grief in our heart that we needed to release. And then after we've cried from when we sit with cacao, we can feel a sense of relief, like a, a sense of that we've lifted something off our chest. Yeah. It's just so interesting because I mean, you know, as I say, some people we listen to that and about what the way cacao is talked about and sort of like the healing spirit and all that however all of those things that you've just said could also be applied to alcohol they could also be applied to tea to coffee to chamomile to green tea to to a lot of things where people will drink something in order to feel something right so maybe you might drink some chamomile tea in order to feel more you know calm before you go to bed yeah. and it gives you that feeling and that sort of like that connection 
when we drink, sometimes we drink and it, it makes us feel happy. It makes us feel joyous, but it can also make us feel sad. You know, people cry when they have gin or wine or whatever it might be. Right now, a lot of that has to do with the chemical reaction that is happening inside of our body when we drink alcohol, just as there is some kind of chemical reaction happening inside our body when we drink cacao, as you mentioned, in terms of what it activates and the different kind of release yeah. orphans and all of that kind of thing. So yeah, it is really just yeah the alcohol you know it can make you more unconscious whereas like nearly all of the other things that you mentioned might make us more conscious sure yes yeah yes exactly so I but I suppose I'm just saying that like drinking of something has had effects on our bodies for a very long time right yeah. so and obviously cacao has been around for thousands and thousands of years it's just something that has grown in popularity I suppose over the last few years in 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 the way people in Ireland or in modern day you know people holding cacao ceremonies and making space for cacao and bringing cacao into their life and talking about the healing benefits of cacao is something that is relatively new in this country would you agree yeah so like when I learned about cacao I started drinking it in 2018 when I was in Costa Rica and um nobody really knew what cacao was then there there was one or two people maybe three serving cacao in Ireland at that time and then you know I was like I need to share this in Ireland this is just so beautiful and I you know googled it found a few people and then I got home and then suddenly it just exploded it was like you know there's and there's actually like an old proverb that says um you know when 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 the world when humans and the nature go out of disharmony that or sorry go out of harmony that um cacao will come out of the rainforest and help to open our hearts wonderful i love that yeah so like in a way that has kind of come true because it's like everyone is drinking cacao well not everyone but like a lot of people have turned to drinking cacao and to be honest i think for me it's it has really has gotten people back into sitting in circle and it helps people it helps open people to creativity so it helps people to you know be um feel okay to sing a song or to to share their voice to you know play the guitar in front of people to dance it just opens it does give you that sense of like more opening to be able to do that so people have kind of you know don't need alcohol as much to to do that when they're when they drink cacao Mm. um and then now that we've brought got people back into ceremony like people are now like finding other ways to connect and it's not maybe it's not necessarily cacao anymore but you know I just feel it has brought a resurgence of us sitting around the fire drinking something and enjoying ourselves and 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 I think that in itself is beautiful yeah 100 percent. and I think you know obviously there's something happening the world of coaching for example is also something that has exploded in Ireland over the last few years it isn't something you know that that people were talking about um or were doing but again it's that need or that desire that that want that is inherently in people for more for understanding what life is all about for finding more fulfillment for finding more enjoyment for finding less stress you know, we saw it obviously with COVID, people getting back out to nature, rediscovering old, you know, kind of hobbies and talents and things like that. Um, you know, people wanting to reduce their stress. So, you know, all of these are tying in with each other. And, you know, as you already alluded to that, that ha- we know that that happens. Right? <laughs> so the world is putting out there, we want, we want help and it's coming to us in various different forms, whether that be through cacao or through coaching or through the various different ways. And as you say, through healthier, eating and understanding our bodies more and connecting with joy and finding our purpose and all of those kinds of things which is um which is really really exciting um tell me about your hpv story and and the the sacred cervix and you know what you offer there yeah so i i had my first uh, smear i think when i was about 22 or something and it was already abnormal and they didn't do testing for hpv back then so i just um didn't I didn't really think much of it actually I just kind of they just told me like oh you're grand you know it will go probably go away no need to worry and that's what I did and it just kept coming back abnormal each time I went for a smear and I was at um like a sin two which is like a kind of um there's sin one sin two sin three sin one is um low grade sin two medium and then sin three is like a is, is a higher grade before it turns into like a pre pre-cancer and then cancer um 
and um yeah so I, they just because I was in two for so long they were like look we need to do this treatment on you and I didn't really know any better at the time and I just went along and with what they said so I got this treatment called the let's done where they use an electric kind of rod thing to kind of um take this the try and get the abnormal cells off the, and just the, before you go on for yeah. anybody who's listening and doesn't know what hpv is let maybe just just very quickly explain what yes. hpv is of course it's human it's human papilloma virus so it's something that you can get through well of course sexual intercourse but also you know you can pass it on just from from being intimate and and touching from off, off each other there's many many different strains of hpv um, 16 and 18 are like the most common um, high risk HPV. A HPV 18 is more usually kind of can cause um, genital warts and, and HPV 16 can usually more cause the abnormal cells in the cervix. But there are a lot of other strains that can also cause these these things to happen as well. Um, and, and, and I suppose uh, HPV was talked about a lot of recent years because of the HPV vaccine that was introduced into schools for girls of a certain age and also with the smear controversy that we had there was a lot of talk around that as well right yes well yeah no that was very very disappointing what happened with that in Ireland and like a lot of women died unnecessarily because their results came back came back that they were negative but they were actually you know had abnormalities on their cervix yeah and um you know they they possibly could have been saved by either getting these let's treatments or you know going down the alternative route as well um so yeah and, and that information was actually found out and it was kept from these women yeah so a lot of women like were 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 just kept in the dark that their results were positive for a long yeah. time because they were fighting over who who should who should tell them yes yeah and then then but when they've told them it was too late for a lot of these women and some of yeah. them had to have hysterectomies and you know it's it's just is devastating and, yeah. and I do think they're on the ball a good bit more than they were and you know that was even around the time I was getting mine done so I'm just so super lucky that like my test results came back you know to, to tell me that I had an abnormality yeah um, it could be frustrating because getting a smear is not a nice experience um you know for 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 a lot of women um particularly if it's the first time I've had many smears so for me it doesn't really matter but like for the first time that you're doing it you know it, a lot I know a lot of girls are are very afraid of the experience and they're not sure it's a, it's a very intimate experience you know um and to to think that these women were going and willingly putting themselves through that to do due diligence to their health and to their body by getting smears um and then for them to be you know coming back with wrong information and you know not being informed and on all of that I mean it's it's not it's not an easy thing to get a smear it's not like you're just going and you know getting a pinprick on your finger or getting a blood test or something like that so it's exactly I know and I, that's one thing I do support women with in um my in my course or like my coaching one on one um is you know going in for hospital visits because a lot of women are are a bit traumatized over even getting a smear or getting a colposcopy or getting a let's treatment because it can be very invasive and not it's not a nice experience mm -hmm. and you know there are certain ways that we can make it easier for ourselves um when we go into the doctor as well um because I find as well there isn't much support in when you go into the doctors or the nurses um they I mean they see so many patients it's hard for them to be compassionate to everyone and I understand that I think like we have an amount of compassion that we can give and you know when we're seeing it every single day it's hard to just like you know feel that for each patient when they come yeah. in um so I, I understand but that's another reason why I want to do this work because I feel like there isn't the actual scope for the nurses and doctors in these places to actually give the support yeah. um, and they also say to you you know oh you're unlucky there's nothing you can do and that's that's it that's all they say oh the only thing is they say to, to, to you know oh do you smoke no well that's great because if you did because it's that will cause you know it, it to be worse or it might get worse quicker if you smoke um, um well, this, and let's, this let's treatment then that you were given as you said you're you know you're a young woman you're being you know you're trusting the doctors you're going in you're sort of sort of saying to you that this is a treatment that you need 
there's no other alter there was it was there there was nothing else sort of being offered to you right so this was just like the one treatment that you were being offered that you felt you had to do absolutely yeah at that time is definitely the only thing that they were offering and um yeah like I mean I I went in and I got the, the treatment done and I was sin two at the time and then when I went for my next smear I was sin three so I had actually gone like to the high, more of a high grade abnormality than I was then before I got the treatment and the treatment is kind of like a laser treatment is it do they sort of laser no or... the lens is more like an electric coil okay yeah 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 um so it's um it's a you can there's also there is also laser in some places i know in the beacon here they do they do more la laser um so that there are slightly different ways of them to try and remove the the cells but the the, the main the main um the main thing is that it it is a procedure of cell removal to try and remove the abnormal cells. And look, I know some of my clients have got it and, and they it worked and it went away and their HPV went away. Some of them it worked to get the cells away, but they still have HPV. Right. Some of them it didn't work at all. Some of them had to go back for the second one like really quickly after the first one. Some of them had to go back for the second one like years later. Um, so it, it often doesn't work in the way that we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but it can work, you know. So, um, yeah, I guess that's and, and that is the look of the draw. If the treatment works, maybe it's to how to do, or to do with like how they do it. I I'm not really sure, um, but you know, I I always recommend people to get a second opinion as well because, yeah. um, I, I they made a mistake on on my results one time, um, in that when they were doing the colposcopy is where they look um at your cervix with a, a magnified camera. Yeah. They told me when I went back the third time, um, they wanted me to do the third treatment again. Um, like this is over a 14 year period now. So like this was year maybe 12 or 13 when I was told I needed to the third treatment. And the treatment, you know, keeps on taking away another bit of your cervix. So like, and it's damaging your cervix, cervix each time, which, you know, there are consequences of that. It's not just like, oh, I'll be absolutely fine and I don't need to be concerned about anything. Like, I mean, some people will say that it could affect fertility if your cervix is slightly damaged, then it might be more difficult for the sperm to get through. Um, or else if, um, you know, they and the doctors do say this, that there's a possibility that you could um, give birth, um, premature birth, so that they have to then make a decision whether they want to sew you up at some point so you don't, that doesn't happen. Um, I know some, some clients that have, had the let's treatment they've had kids and they're absolutely fine and they they you know gave birth at the right time so you know it's it's not um you know it's a risk also i mean i think i think you know look we're we're finding out so much more now about the the medical profession and how so few um so few illnesses are being studied with the female in mind so a lot of uh you know medical um, illnesses have been studied using male examples and male studies only as opposed to women right and so you know we know that very little is taught and I've listened to lots of podcasts about different things very little is taught to doctors about the female reproductive or um, system and you know even in from in schools and periods and menopause we're all only now starting to really have big open kind of conversations about that right so um I suppose the, the 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 real thing about what everything that you're talking about there Nikki is that there can't possibly be one size fits all for every single person having one solution like this let's for every single person out there that has HPV is obviously not going to work because we can't just su suggest that that one one solution is going to be, be okay for every woman that has a very very different bodies very very different nutrition patterns very different levels of stress very different ways in, of in which they ingest various things into their body places that they live all of these things are going to have massive effects so we can't just say that every woman's cervix is the same and this is the treatment that's going to work for everybody it's it's madness isn't it that, that people think that that's okay well yeah that's the thing but like i i feel like the science has been um you know kind of i, I don't know I don't want to say disregarded or just like not being looked at properly because you know when I was doing my research there's a lot of science out there that suggests that that there are other alternatives mm. and it's like why why is this science being disregarded why why are they not looking at this science and why are they not 
you know, helping us and the doctors and the nurses, why are they not suggesting these other alternative things that we can help? It's just like, no, don't, you don't need to do anything else. Just don't smoke and come and get the less. So that's what I couldn't understand because then when after studying nutritional therapy and all that, I was like, there surely there's more I can do. It's a virus. Mm. Surely my immune system is, is not working properly if it's not getting rid of the virus. Why do some people get rid of it and some people don't? And like, you know, 90% of women will have HPV in, at some point in their lives and the men can't get tested, which is another total mess up of the system because we then take on all the responsibility of like being like, oh, look, I've got HPV. So like, I, I don't know if you're okay sleeping with me, like a condom can help, but it's probably not, it's not going to like 100% protect me. So like we have 100% of that responsibility when we don't know if the man that we're with has HPV virus. It's just, mm -hmm. it, it, that to me is just mind baffling, like that mm -hmm. we don't have a test for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And oh, then also, you know, that we we have these alternatives and they're not being taught to us in any mm -hmm. way. And and again, the way you said everyone is individual, everyone's unique. I will never say to somebody like, OK, you have to do exactly what I did to heal your cervix because they have to find their own way. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the coaching way is is to, to really let the person tune into their own body, to their own intuition to wake up whatever it is inside of them to realize what their own healing journey looks like to them. Yeah. And I offer all of the suggestions to them and then they can find their own way of doing it themselves yeah. because not everyone's going to go to Costa Rica to the jungle to heal. I was is I mean, is that, you know, you know, you talk about this 14 year journey and, you know, we've talked about your, your chefing and your food journey and your Costa Rican journey was all of that coinciding with you having this HPV and, and looking for ways in which you could heal yourself. Well, I did have really bad acne when I was younger and I had bad gut, like my digestive system was not working well at all. So I did a lot of work around that in with my nutrition. And then it was only when I went to Costa Rica that I like I 100 percent focused on the HPV. I had like a, a very, very strong intention that I was going to heal there. Like I didn't really have that before. I kind of did a few bits and things, did a lot of research, but I didn't really change my lifestyle that much. Didn't fully commit to myself, didn't say yes to myself and my health at the time. So when I went to Costa Rica, it was to, I knew it was time for me to just stand up and say, this is now I'm doing this and I'm not I'm going to come home and I'm going to be healed and I'm not going to have to get that third let's treatment. Um, so while I was there, I just, you know, did all of the things that I possibly could that I felt were a holistic way of healing. And I just knew it in my bones that I that I healed by the end of the six months. I was just I was so confident coming home. And the funny thing was, well, it wasn't funny at all. It was absolutely horrendous. I went back in and they were like, oh, no, it's it's still there. It's really bad. You know, it's gotten worse. You're going to need the treatment again. And I was like, what? I could I actually could not believe it. I was like, this is crazy. But I was going back to Costa Rica in two weeks. So they didn't have time to get my results. So they just were like, you know, ringing me and emailing me and like bombarding me to, to come in and get this treatment done again. And I, um, I was like, oh God, I don't know what to do. I got pressured by everyone in my life to get it done, nearly everyone in my life to get it done. And I eventually caved and I said, okay, I'll get it done. Um, I went in to get it done. The lady messed up my appointment and I didn't have an appointment that day. And I was like, but I'm getting a flight on Friday to Costa Rica. I need to get it now. And they were like, no, sorry, you're going to have to come back next week. So I ended up changing all my flights and, you know, going the next to Friday after that. And when I went back in on the Wednesday, he had my results and they were all clear. <gasps> yeah. So like I went through that emotional turmoil for absolutely no reason. I mean, I don't know, maybe the, the nurse picked up on the scarring from the previous let's treatments and thought that it looked like the abnormality. But the doctor then looked at me and he said, your abnormality is like a dot on the page. Like he just picked up a pen and put a dot down. He's like, that's you. That's what the abnormality is. And you don't have HPV 16 yeah. or 18 anymore. <gasps> so, like he was just like, you're grand, just go. And I was just oh like, oh my God. God. Like I couldn't, I was just so overjoyed. <laughs> wow, Jesus. But what a nightmare to have put you through all of that. And then, and so how often do you get checked now? Are you, is that still the case or? Well, 
I went back in then the next time and, you know, she wanted to do a biopsy and I was just like, do you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to, because I know like the biopsy is good for if you really need to get like a more certain result. Um, but I just, because of the last time I was like, no, I want to get my results before you do a biopsy because I do take some of the skin for the biopsy as well. So you're still irritating the area. Um, so I just said, look, I'll just wait to see. And I, again, I was HPV negative, but the smear was completely normal. So I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to bother getting the biopsy. And that was, I think, another six months later. And then, um, and then I think they just said, because it was all negative twice, I think they just said, okay, you're back to normal. You can go to see your GP now. And um, I think they said, I don't know, three or five years later could have been three I'm not sure but I've been back twice since then just to get checked for my own peace of mind um and it's, it's still been negative like everything that's amazing yeah. so I mean what did you do <laughs> what I mean, I mean yeah and I mean look I know we don't have that much time left in the podcast but and I know that you offer this course with your sacred cervix course to try and help other people but I mean what were the many like bullet points what were the main things that you kind of did in order to to, to change yourself from the inside out I suppose well I spoke about a little early a little earlier when we were I said what we did what people were doing to heal in Costa Rica mm -hmm. so like I feel like I first of all I was away from like I, I was away from nearly all civilization we were like in the middle of the jungle yeah we were walking barefoot we were connecting to nature we were meditating we were doing yoga we were dancing we were drinking cacao we were in a community we were like helping each other out we were eating like the most amazing organic food we were drinking clean water that'll do it <laughs> yeah and I then I did do this now um I I went I, I ate fruit for seven weeks only Right. I would never recommend anyone to do that Um, in Ireland, especially like if you come to Costa Rica and you want to eat fruit on ripe off the tree, like, you know, I would say go ahead and do that. Um, But for me, it was like I just saw everyone else healing doing this. And I was like, I, I love being that guinea pig. I do it for a lot of things. My nutritional therapy. I don't re wouldn't recommend anyone to do what I haven't done before as well. So, um. Yeah, I just did it to give my system a break, to give my digestive system a break because our digestive system like takes up a lot of energy when so if if we if we we don't have a lot of food to digest our meat and our grains and all that, then um you know, fruit only takes 30 minutes to digest. So we're we're actually giving our bodies a lot more energy to to work on our immune system. Yeah. Um, so that but look I don't know if that helped in any way like I mean I have clients that don't obviously I none of my clients have eaten fruit for seven weeks and I would never recommend any of my clients to do that um so and you know they've they've healed their services since then and I've le learned about many others who have as well who don't eat that way um but I just felt like that was what I wanted to do at the time um and I also um I also took mushroom supplements, which are very important. They have been scientifically proven to reduce HPV, like very significant results from scientific papers with that. Um, and then I took turmeric, turmeric tincture. They were the only supplements I actually took myself. Um, but, you know, I, I do recommend different supplements for other people um, if I feel that they need them. And then I... I did a lot. Of, I did plant medicine where I felt like I released a lot of stuff. I did so much work on self-love and loving my body, loving my vagina, loving like every part of me and letting go of any shame that I was holding on to, letting go of like, you know, people that I was resentful to, people that I thought might have given me HPV um, because there's a lot of shame around that as well. You know, we hold we can hold on to a lot of shame around what's happened to us, especially in that area. So I did a lot of work of letting all of that go, forgiving a lot of people um, and yeah, coming just like bringing myself into a, a, a balanced, a balanced place mentally, emotionally and physically mm -hmm. is what I look at. And we all we, we all can do that, but in it could be in a completely different way than what I did. And I mean, look, you know, that sounds incredible. And I suppose, there's, you know, there, it would be very hard to pinpoint what if any, if all contributed to the healing of your cervix, right? Exactly. So oh yeah, there was one other thing. I, I did use um suppositories. Um, I like put them, fro froze little things of coconut oil with like tiny bits of lemongrass because I read that if you put lemongrass into a dish with HPV, it kills the virus. Now there's oh, wow. no testing on humans, but I was like, if it works, you know, in a 
dish it might work here so I'm I'm just experiment I was just experimenting sure. heard of other people doing it as well tiny amounts though because it's really strong um but cannabis oil as well was the other one, main one that I used so it was, it was a mix of really good quality cannabis oil um a tiny bit of lemongrass oil coconut oil and um I've done more research recently which um you know suggests using aloe vera and neem oil as well um so there's there's definitely things that we can do because it's the, obviously the virus is like you know clinging on to that area so if we can actually like put some antiviral something antiviral onto the area then it's it's I'm sure I'm sure that is going to help as well Mm-mm-mm. yeah but I mean obviously you know you're you're using yourself as your own kind of guinea pig in that in that sense right and I suppose there's, there's no laws against that I mean you know there's so many I recently went on a foraging walk with Phoebe from Forager who has been on this podcast and I'm just fascinated just on walking out in nature in Dublin the amount of plants and um things that are, are around that help with so many different things naturally so so much natural medicine that help that can help with our digestive dandelions helping with our digestive you know system plantain leaves are natural like uh help for for blisters you know yeah. um like elderberries you know ma- the, all of these different things that are just so abundantly out there that help us but we're so quick or we were so brainwashed for so long by big pharma and by you know big companies to be going and, and spending money on pills and quick fixes and supplements as opposed to actually looking around us and what is in nature and what can we do and how can we kind of you know lo- look to um to heal ourselves as as you've as you've done which is which is amazing it's very difficult though because we have been brainwashed for so long by medicine modern medicine pharma um there's so many disclaimers you know even just here talking about this I can even sense in you that you're like I wouldn't recommend that I wouldn't be telling my clients to eat fruit for several you know because everyone's afraid that people are going to take every what everybody says as gospel and suddenly start doing it and and you know trying to cure themselves from, from some incurable disease and and you know that becomes a problem right um but if you're willing to test these things out on yourself and try to connect with yourself and understand yourself more and love yourself more and do all of those things that you said that you've done you know it's there's no wonder that you were able to be able to 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 you know heal yourself of that virus essentially right and um it sounds like you know you did a lot of amazing wonderful things and I think for anyone who's listening to this who has HPV or knows someone with HPV they might be thinking well I can't go to Costa Rica and do all of those things that Nikki talked about but what they can do is your course the sacred service workshops that you've created so talk to us a little bit about that yeah, so I started working with um clients one on one, um for like I suppose I've, I've the last five like since I got back I suppose it was probably the year after, you know I'd healed to make sure that I felt like I was you know out of the dark of of having HPV and that, um and then last year I decided to start a group coaching with the help of yourself of course you helped me along the way with my business, um. And yeah, I I had uh, five women beautifully, you know, showed up every single week. We had it was um, 11, 11 different modules and the support. I just find that when you're in that group, especially a group of women that are sharing their stories, they're able to like talk openly about what they've gone through, what they what their feelings are, what kind of shame they might be holding on to. Like it's a it's a perfect container for women to be able to just share and and get stuff off their chest. And they showed up every single week like no one didn't show up for one week. It was amazing. Like they just really, really enjoyed the the group. And I feel like the healing kind of amplifies when you're doing it together. You have that accountability and, you know, it's like, oh, well, I have to show up now next week. So like, what am I going to do this week to, you know, help myself? And am I going to, you know, do the thing that Nikki suggested? And, you know, it's it's just a much better way for me, I think, for, for women to, to show up for themselves when they know that they have that support in the group. So we'd have like different modules. I actually have a a somatic sex educator coming on and um, to do one of the modules um, so she's going to do like a somatic journey into the body and into the cervix and really finding ways to connect more deeply to the cervix um because I think that's something that we just really like miss a lot you know it's like we 
we don't pay attention to that area I think there's a lot of like womb healing and like listen to your womb but I think we a lot of us a lot of the time we miss talking to our cervix and seeing what like we can receive from that area um and uh, we also work on a lot of like self-love so like mindful self-compassion um obviously the nutrition side of things and the supplements um we do a cacao ceremony where we set our intentions at the start to like you know to kind of like this is how I'm going to show up for myself during on this journey um I I give a free copy of my book practical guide to cooking for health so they have like lovely healthy recipes that they can choose from um I also give out um a, like a, a, a just a like a general like idea of what I think a protocol should look like with diet and and supplements and um and and lifestyle so yeah I do a lot of work on lifestyle and you know one of the one of them is the shamanic trance dance so we do a module where we we all do a shamanic trance dance to, to kind of look into more of our unconscious patterns or our thoughts or our, our mindset Yes, there's a lot on mindset as well. It's like it's, it's just I wanted to bring in like a fully holistic way of looking at health. And it's not just about healing HPV and healing the cervix. It's about it's about being a, a more vibrant, healthy version of ourselves, about mm. showing up for ourselves, saying yes to our bodies, saying yes to ourselves and really stepping into a, an empowered woman as well, because like a lot of the times we we that that empowerment is like crushed by you know other people or by the, by the doctors who are like no 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 you can't do that you can't heal with any alternative thing you need to do this you know and then we get bullied into doing something that might not be necessary sometimes it is necessary i'm not against the let's treatment um but you know i feel like sometimes it can be done way before we we have we actually have time to heal mm. like I spent a year before they wanted to do it and I spent a year you know six months and then they said no you still need to get it done and I said give me another six months so I was a year doing it and I am um, during the six months in Costa Rica that's when I actually healed so I had time but they wanted to do the treatment do you know so like you know sometimes we have time sometimes we we feel like we need to do the treatment for our own um stress because a lot of women are like oh my god I'm so stressed out I'm gonna get cancer and you know for them maybe the let's treatment is the best option mm-hmm. so um yeah the, the course covers so much amazing um, it, it, it sounds incredible and so interesting and um I'm very conscious now about about time but the shamanic dance trance what it would just tell us briefly about that as well yeah, so the shamanic shamanic trance dance. Trance not, dance, sorry. It's not dancing to trance music now. Okay. It's, it's about getting into getting into a state of trance. Right. So we do that by putting on a blindfold. Yes. And doing breath work before we start the dance. So we try and lose what's going on in the monkey mind, which brings us right into the body. We don't we're not distra- distracted by the outside world. We're not concerned about how we look because no one can see us except for me. And you then when you go into the the music, the music is very journey, journey driven. And you have you set an intention as well during the start of the dance. So you can some people just go straight into something that they've they've had their intention on. Some people takes a while to get into it um some people straight away have like an unbelievable journey some people meet their ancestors some people um just awaken to patterns that have been going on in their life for years and work out what it is they need to do to release those patterns it's a really good way to tap into the unconscious to tap into um what's what's going on inside our intuition and and our creative flow as well Mm. and so many magical things can happen to me for me I've had way more experience or way way much more magical experiences doing shamanic transcendence than than going to a cacao ceremony okay um, the medicine is inside of us we don't actually need any plant medicine to receive these messages so it's that's why I really love it we, it's it's like look we actually have the medicine inside of us too we have the answers inside of us and we can unlock those answers by you know doing this dance hmm. 
Amazing. I'm oh. definitely going to sign up for one. I, they sound incredible. And I was just in Stockholm at the weekend and I was um, walking around this little island um, after this boat tour and I was listening to some music in my ears and there was nobody around and I just sort of started dancing. I started moving my body and I felt so free and I felt so empowered and it, you know, it is such a lovely, you know, dance and it, it comes up in this documentary that I referred to as well, dance and that release of energy and that joy and you know just being free with your with your body is I think so important that's something that's certainly underrated and especially now there's no nightclubs anymore that's very hard to go dancing these days you know I know absolutely yeah but there are a lot of static dances happening as well around different kind of dances there's open floor movement there's five rhythms there's lots of different styles of dancing um in dublin so you can you can find it my mine actually the next one i'm doing is on the 15th of september on friday um in the leinster cricket club in rat mines okay brilliant and how often do you do them there well i'm yeah i've booked in to do one i think there's one in november the start of november and there's one at the start of december as well okay, like so, I, so every I, month again. brilliant and where and else can, where else can people find you yeah so I'm um, my website's nikkiholiday.com um and yeah I I see beautiful cacao magic Costa Rica it's from the Bribri tribe and it's like really authentic amazing beautiful cacao from the area like that they that they've used it there as a sacred medicine for years which I think is really important that you work with one that is actually from the the areas that are using it as a sacred medicine and not just somewhere that are growing beans to make chocolate for a profit yeah yeah and so you sell that and is it just that you melt it down with 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 water or with milk or you can yeah yeah when i when you buy it i send a little um a little card out to, to, right. to, to i also have a little book on cacao and it's got loads of recipes in it and tells you all about cacao how to use it as in a, a ceremony or a ritual for yourself amazing yeah. and yeah, then yeah. the next um sacred service um online workshop that you're starting when is that that is happening on the 10th of October. Okay. So the 10th, the 10th we start. Um, I have a few women signed up already. Great. Yeah, I'm re really excited to bring this work to the world again. Brilliant, amazing. And so people can find that on nikkihalliday.com. Is it H-A-L-L-I-D-A-Y or is it? Yes, but yeah. it's, and it's N-I-C-K-Y. Yeah, so nikkihalliday.com. And on, yeah. Insta, I guess you're on Insta. Sacred Cervix is on Instagram as well, right? Sacred Cervix is on Instagram and I'm also Nikki Halliday Natural Chef. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Oh my God, I want to talk more, but I have another call. I have a coaching call now. That's at five o'clock, so <laughs> I have to wrap it up. But um, this has been so interesting. There's so much many more questions that I have. I might have to get you back on the podcast, Nikki, at some point to talk. Um, but this has been such a lovely conversation. It's been so interesting to learn about your journey, um, about the world of cacao, about healing from the um, inside, working on yourself, empowering yourself. Um, and the brilliant work that you do with other people to try and um, help people to empower themselves and to have alternative ways of, of healing themselves as well um, in a various various ways. So um, best of all the luck with the continued work that you do. Um, and thanks a million for coming on and sharing your story and hopefully inspiring lots of our listeners with the work that you do as well. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I love sharing this because I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> amazing thank you so much um and yeah this podcast is going out this week so um really really appreciate you taking the time thanks a million thanks